with Simplify Musecast. I'm Farah, and I'm here today with Suji. Hi, Farah. And Jill. Hello, everyone. And this week, we're talking about high school credits. Uh, we're going to talk about what they are and how to award them and what counts and what doesn't. And to start us off, I my kids are entering this stage really pretty soon and so this is my peer group a lot of people who have kids who are starting high school and thinking about high school credits and uh, not too long ago i had a conversation with a mom of a ninth grader who was concerned because she had not given her daughter a ninth grade english credit and i'm like what didn't the daughter take Uh, this co-op class didn't she do this didn't I hear her talking about this grammar program or this essay thing and the mom was like well but and she starts talking about all of these things about the rules and Carnegie hours and it wasn't enough and she didn't feel like she could award the credit even though I'm thinking oh my gosh she the daughter did so much stuff it seemed like plenty for a year of English and so I'm just sort of thinking, you know, what are these Carnegie credits and uh, hours and what counts and what doesn't? So, Suji, what are Carnegie credits? Well, Carnegie credits, basically, I'll just keep it very simple. If you think your child did about a 120 to about 180 hours, um, instructional hours, um, you know, when you're homeschooling, it can be homework, it can be any sort of learning and discussion. Um, that 120 to 180 hours kind of translates to about one year's worth of high school. So you would award that one full high school credit. Having said that, if your child did about 60 to 90 hours, you would just divide that by two and award that half a credit. That makes sense. And are there other credit awarding systems? Is that how most people work it? Well, I, I personally like the Carnegie system. I think it's just easy and kind of standardized. Um, I've heard about systems, for example, in California where I live, uh, the public schools tend to award 10 credits for a year's worth of high school. I didn't know about that at first, so I was very surprised when someone asked me, so do you give this course 10 credits? And I was, wow, 10? But, you know, then I learned that it was just a system that the public schools here in California use. So they would award 10 credits for one year worth of high school, five credits for, you know, one semester's worth. Um, I've heard in different states, and I think it's in New Jersey, um, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's five credits for one year's worth. So it just depends um, on your local public school district, how they do things. But I personally just went ahead and used the Carnegie credits for my own uh, teen's high school transcript. And Jill, is that the only way to do it? Do you have any other thoughts about that? Um, well, first, I just wanted to talk about what Suji mentioned. I think as homeschoolers, it's pretty standard just to use the Carnegie method. So even if your local district does it a different way, you can just go ahead and do the Carnegie method if that's what you're comfortable with. And um, no, I think Suji's right on about re awarding credit for the amount of hours they do it. I was a little bit more laid back, and my kids did a lot of um, courses online. So I, if they completed a whole course online, I just gave them a full credit. I didn't. Um, worry about exactly how many hours they did, unlike the person you mentioned before, which was yeah, kind of Suchi? sad. <laughs> yeah, you have a thought about that? 
Yeah. Um, so one thing Jill said, yes, that's very true. And I agree with that. Um, I personally, you know, did not even track the hours in that way. I didn't actually have a stopwatch and time my kid. You know, that would have been really weird. That would have totally freaked my kid out, who, who hates to be timed, by the way. Um, so some some ways that you can think about it, like one way you can think about it is how much time would your child spend a week on this subject. So if your child normally spends an hour a day during, you know, doing math five days a week um, and your child does that for about 36 weeks, you know, there you go, right? You have five times 36 and, you know, that would make a full Carnegie credit, one credit for high school for math. Um, Some kids might spend, you know, maybe 10 hours a week on math um, for about maybe 25 weeks, you know, are you going to award more credits or, or fewer credits? I would say look at the coursework that they're working on. If they're finishing one textbook, like the textbook that's assigned for math, um, if they're doing anything from about 85% of that textbook to finishing the full textbook, I would just go ahead and give that one credit. Um, some kids would do maybe 75% of the textbook, but they would be hitting all the challenging problems, you know, uh, instead of the easier problems. Are you going to deprive them of a full credit because they only did 75% of the textbook, I honestly would not nitpick on that. You know, I would look at how much they've understood the material, um, if they can do well in any quizzes or any discussions, any uh, written tests that you're doing, just go ahead and award them the credit. And Jill, uh, how else do you think about that? I I agree with all that, but I just want to add, too, that if you have a student who maybe is a little slower in a class, so for instance, my younger son is starting his second year in Algebra 1, so it's going to be a two years that he's going to spend on Algebra 1. He started in eighth grade, and he needs all of ninth grade to finish it up. I will give him one credit for Algebra 1 when he's all done. So with homeschooling, you have a lot of leeway either way, and that's one of the benefits of homeschooling. If your child has completed the whole a subject, give a credit, you know, and just like Suji said, you know, and don't feel bad about it and don't think, oh, the schools will want to know why I gave that exact credit. Did they do everything? You have to think in public schools, they don't do always hit everything either, you know, and they're getting a full yeah. credit. And a lot of time is going to just stuff that happens in a classroom, not direct learning. So homeschoolers are directly learning. They're using their time so much better. So, I mean, I think if you know your child and you know they did the work, give a credit. That seems completely um, uh, within the way that I'm thinking about it. Uh, You know, uh, if they have completed enough work to deserve a credit, then the time does not matter as much. Uh, But the time is another way to think about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So what documentation should people be keeping to justify their credits uh, to go forward into the future, especially thinking about transcripts and those sorts of things. Suji? Yeah, um, so you would definitely want to think about, um, so one thing I do want to bring up is, um, especially when it comes to keeping records as well, is if your child does a dual enrollment class, um, taking a semester's worth of a community college class, for example, now that's going to be one high school credit. So if the community college class is, say, three credit hours or more, you can give that one high school credit, which is equivalent to one whole year's worth of high 
high school work. So if you're doing a community college class, I would definitely recommend keeping, you know, um, most community colleges, you can go to their website and download an unofficial transcript. So you can keep a record of that. You can keep records of any lab work that your child did, any projects, um, you know, like math notebooks, any essays that they've written. I would save um, the better ones, you know, maybe two or three that your child is very proud of. Uh, I would save those. Like my teen, I would ask my teen to save all the work on Google Drive or Dropbox just in case the laptop crashes. Um, and I would keep little notes in my own spreadsheets or, you know, like a notebook. Um, but I really wouldn't go crazy about saving every single piece of paper. The most important things I've heard that you do want to save would be the lab reports. I think. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Some schools ask for those, especially if you're going to major in science. So mm -hmm. I would always save the lab reports. Yes, and essays because colleges do yeah. like to see, you know, uh, written work. Um, so keep those. And I would think book lists, is that another thing? Uh, and textbooks, yeah. especially yeah. for if you forget in the future. Right, keep a list of that every year. You know, there's some things you wanna do a, day, a yearly record of. Book lists is a really good one because most colleges will ask for that. And I also wanted to add that you can also go online now to the Coalition app and sign your student up in ninth grade and they can start putting stuff in a locker there. They have a locker where you can put a few things every year, so then you can look back at it when they go to apply. Yeah, and that I, sounds like great. Yeah, that sounds like a great yeah, system. Yeah, it's really good, yeah. That's a very good idea, Jill. And similarly, if you're a homeschooling parent who blogs, um, I would definitely blog about some of these things because things that I blogged about, I it, they was that was so helpful when it came to writing my course descriptions and even my counselor letter for my kid because there were things I forgot you know things that happened three four years ago I completely forgot about and thankfully just looking through my blog I remembered them so I included yeah. some of that in my counselor documents right that's a really good suggestion Suji yeah. and in fact you can yeah. keep a private blog you know if you don't yes. want everyone to read it just keep a private blog and your student can keep a blog it's mm -hmm. a really good way to track what's happened in the, over the four years. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I started keeping a paper planner uh, in order to, to keep more long-term than I have in the past, uh, in order to have this stuff in the future, because I know it's useful for me when I go back uh, to write up our, uh, our evaluations and things. And I thought, I'm going to want to have a more permanent record of this stuff. Yeah. So it's just, yeah. you know, to keep yeah. your planner is another potential thing. Definitely. So what, how many credits should people be aiming for for their students? And, and particularly, you know, it, is it a good idea to have as many credits as possible? Do you want quantity as, as much as you can? Or is quality more important? And how do you show that? So that's Suji? always this joke. <laughs> that's a good question. There's always this joke about how, you know, people put in things like basket weaving, right? So you want to be careful <laughs> with um, aiming for quality credits. So you could put something like, I've seen sample transcripts with like 40 credits, and maybe that's what wow. it takes to, you know, display something that you really want to show colleges, um, especially for the more elite schools. But honestly, I would 
really look at quality. So what I've normally seen is students who tend to take a more, you know, alternative path through high school, they would normally go for something like um, 20 credits, right? So they're going, they're, they're aiming for maybe the more uh, technical colleges or, uh, so, sorry, um, what I meant was the more, um, like military, uh, they're aiming for that, or students who have a very definite goal, like they want a really college prep transcripts, they would normally hover around an average of 24 credits or so. Um, and then I've seen students go up to about 40 credits for the more elite schools, anything from 25 up to about 40. Um, this tends to happen because some of these, you know, gifted children, they tend to do work that right you know high school level work right from middle school so they do count some of those credits in the transcript so while i want to say that you should give credit where it's you know deserved um don't try to pad the transcript up at the same time because colleges don't have that much time to look at everything you want the courses that really stand out to actually stand out on the transcript if you're trying to make everything stand out you know things get hidden right they 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 fall between the cracks. So just make sure that you're aiming for those credits that are very important to maybe an area that your student wants to major in. So you have more credits in math. That will make sense if your child is majoring in math. Don't try to make everything look like they have 10 credits each. That that can go a little overboard. Yeah, and I would add too, don't, don't put stuff on there like physical education. You don't really need it driver's ed that you don't need that anymore you just want to put the important courses yes definitely and and what's your recommendation about middle school and credits uh should you put things on if it was high school level work if it was done in middle school um i looked at what my child did for because my child was very you know very sure about becoming a stem major so i looked at the stem projects that my child did and one of those was actually a very involved rocketry project that my child did for physics and um, so so adding that to also how creative can you be with credits um, I documented that with photographs of every stage of the rocketry project right from you know buying the parts to putting it together to some math that my child had scribbled on a piece of paper to calculate trajectory you know things like that so <laughs> I added all of that to my documentation and that definitely contributed to the physics credit that I gave because my child applied a lot of the math that was being learned and applied a lot of the physics that was being learned there was so much trial and error so I definitely wanted that to count that was definitely high school level work so I did but I did not do that for things like history um, because I I personally would not have felt comfortable bringing a you know um, although some of the books we used were high school level I wasn't comfortable recording that from middle school I, yeah, think that, I think that's a, um, a personal choice almost. Right. I myself did not bring anything from the middle school years up to the high school years. I know some parents really want to. They want to show that they were doing Algebra 1 in seventh grade. Um, so I think it's personal. You don't need it, but some people do it. You know, if you start your high school math at pre-calculus in ninth, they're going to know that your student hit everything in middle school. But for some parents, they really want that on there. So you could do, go either way, I think. 
Yeah. Okay. One one alternative I do want to bring up is how some kids tend to be so non-traditional. Um, again, you know, just just using the example of math because that was our experience was that any time that my child did a very non-traditional math, a kind of math that you would you know very rarely see on a high school transcript, let alone middle school, so something like number theory or something like topology, um, I did mention that in the transcript. I didn't award it a full credit. What I did was I combined it with a few other non-traditional math work that uh, my team was doing and assigned all of that one credit. So that was helpful because colleges could see, okay, this child did more than the usual expected math, you know, and it was at high school level and it was in seventh grade. So, you know, I feel confident doing that because I think it contributed to showing what kind of student my student was. So again, very personal choice. And I have heard questions from people about uh, when to count uh, some an extracurricular activity as a credit. Do you have any thoughts about that? Um, I think that is an, that's a real good question because it can go either way. I do think in a lot of schools, they wanna see extracurriculars listed. So you don't always want to throw those extracurriculars over to your transcript and use it as a credit because they really, extracurriculars are very important. So if you have enough credits, I would always keep it an extracurricular. If you're missing some credits, pull it over. You know, look at yeah. your transcript and, and see what you need to do. But mostly I would keep them an extracurricular, I really would. Yeah, that, that seems to be the best advice, uh, particularly if it's something that uh, is the something that the student isn't going to be pursuing in college, but they did it as an extracurricular activity. There's maybe more of a reason to make it part of a credit. Suji, yeah. do you have any final thoughts for us? Uh, yes, just uh, that was a very good point about the extracurriculars. Usually, you if you look at electives, like some homeschoolers like to have a lot of electives, some of those electives can go into your extracurriculars. So that, that's something to think about. If you are struggling to find you know, something to list for the extracurriculars, a lot of times the electives work. Yeah, that's good advice. Jill, do you have any final thoughts? You, I think you were pretty relaxed about your approach. Do you have any advice for people on how to be relaxed? Yeah. <laughs> uh, grab a glass of wine and then drink it and then grab another glass of wine and then do your transcripts and not worry about oh, it. Oh yeah, there we that, go. That would be my, but seriously, seriously, um, I don't think you need to stress as much as some people do. You know, just, just make sure your student's doing their work, make sure you document it, and then I would work on the transcript every year so it's not overwhelming when you get to 12th grade. Yeah, I, when I think about this conversation that I had with the friend that I mentioned at the beginning, it just felt like uh, common sense had left in the pursuit yeah. of doing it just yeah. right. And I think that's that's really, I mean, I've been you know, a teacher in the classroom in high yeah. school. It, I mean, it, it isn't magical. You, you just yeah. do your work and that's what counts. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Okay, everyone. That's all for us. Thanks for listening. The MuseCast is brought to you by Simplify Homeschool and College Counseling. Visit us at our new website, www.simplifyforyou.com. That's S-I-M-P-L-I-F-Y, and then the number, U, the number four, and then U, Y-O-U.com. Our intro and outro music was composed by Decca Harper. You can find his other music on Bandcamp. 
production assistance from Truefoot Harper. Join us next time when we're going to talk about field trips. Bye. Bye, Bye everyone. Thanks.